Okay, here we go. It is the WannaBet Podcast going into week 14 of the NFL. How is everybody doing out there? I am David Schiff. As always, here with the man, the myth, the legend, Miles V. You are just crushing it once again. Miles, how's everything going, buddy? Hi, I'm Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. Wow, uh, that was a week of drama. I mean... If you were on the Vikings Jets or the Saints Bucks or the Commanders Giants, the Chiefs Bengals, or even the Ravens Broncos, you were glued to the television last week. So many games came down to the last second, and lots of money either tipped your way or slipped through the cracks. And I will say, I feel lucky coming out of week 13 with a positive bankroll. You've got to ask yourself a question Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And when I say I feel lucky, I mean it, because I'm one of those guys that's superstitious when it comes to sports, okay? I'm one of those that believe you can't talk about a no-hitter when it's happening or you're going to jinx it. And that's why whenever a St. Louis Cardinals pitcher is throwing a no-hitter, I will tweet out to the world, hey, Adam Wainwright is throwing a no-hitter because I want to jinx that guy because I fucking hate the Cardinals. And... They just signed my catcher, Wilson Contreras. I don't know if you saw that. I'm so pissed. No, I'm, I'm just still basking in the glow of my Padres signing Xander Bogart. Oh, that was a great catch by you guys. They're going to be competitive for years. I'm, uh... I guess Tatis moves to center field. I'm totally good with that. I mean, we're, we're going all in this year. Yeah, no, that's, that's some good stovetop or hot stove or whatever they call these baseball uh, moves in the offseason. Yeah. But going back to superstition, I do believe bets can be mushed. And uh, I was uncomfortable on Sunday watching those games with you at the bar because there were so many people and people were just saying a lot of their opinions and voicing them. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? One of those opinions, I don't know if you heard, was turn off the Vikings-Jet game. It's uh, it's already over at halftime. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to like counter that that bad mojo. It's like, no, there's still a chance. What are you talking about? Stop that. I don't know. Uh, it, I was distressed. I, uh, I, I didn't love it. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you sense the moment, but even Donnie wheels tweeted to us. He's like, I hope you guys are watching this game together. Cause that was compelling television. Yeah, it certainly was. And let's go back and unpack a couple of things here. Cause you kind of glossed over. I think you buried the lead there that you cashed for the 10th straight week, not by a lot, but you kept the streak alive, and it is now getting to epic proportions. We're starting to get calls from talk shows who want to bring you in. You know, people all over the world want to find out what the secret sauce is. But ten straight weeks, you have turned a thousand dollars into more th- more than a thousand dollars, which is unbelievable. And so, kudos to you. Thanks. I this week was lucky. I will say that, but I. I... I don't think 10 weeks in a row you can call lucky. I think I think that the research that we're doing and the handicapping and analysis, I think I think we're sensing certain trends and you know, I I just I want to be humble. I don't want to mush the next few weeks. I want to keep this up at this pace and hopefully finish the season positive bankroll and you know, at a percentage at you know, around 60% or better. Well, when you say we're sensing certain trends, let's not forget that I got zero picks right. <laughs> Sweet. Oh. So 
I apparently am not sensing those same trends because it did not line up very well for me. <laughs> there is that. And so let's go yeah. back. Um, not only, as you said, was there a lot of drama, but we were together watching the very first game that Miles and David were on opposite sides of. So we were together watching the Jets-Minnesota game. I had the Jets plus three. You had the Vikings minus three. It was not my big bet. Um, but this game, strangely, Minnesota was ahead from the beginning all the way through, but they just couldn't shake you know, the Jets. And it came down to the very end. And I will say, I didn't win the bet, but watching you squirm in the fourth quarter and agonize over those fourth down plays and that fourth and one uh, incompletion that was really tight in the end of the game, it was almost worth it. Not quite totally worth it, but almost worth it. Just to watch you squirm in your seat was pretty damn amusing. I don't know what it is about this Vikings team. They're all over the board for me when I bet on them. Okay, so I've won betting on them. Uh, I got slaughtered betting on them when they played the Cowboys in that 40-3 to debacle. And I even pushed betting on them when they played against the Bears at minus 7. And this game could have been all three. I mean... The, the Vikings played a great first half, and but for those guys yelling turn off the game and, and trying to mush me, I'm like, I don't know. I, I saw it starting to kind of deteriorate when they gave up a field goal at the very end of the first half, and I just thought, oh, this is not over yet, and it wasn't. The Jets are a strong team. Yeah, and I don't really feel horrible about my handicapping. You know, I had said Mike White wasn't a fluke and he was going to have a big game. He threw for 370 yards. There were two picks in there. You know, I said the Jets' defense was solid. They only gave up 27 points. I said that Sauce Gardner was going to shut down Justin Jefferson. He only had 45 receiving yards. He did have a touchdown. The Jets couldn't, you know, convert, you know, their red zone efficiency into touchdowns. That's what it came down to. Um, And I'm also, I feel like I have a read on the Vikings. Uh, I am going to be betting on them uh, for week 14 in a different bet. But it just was one of those games where a play here or there could have completely, you know, upset the apple cart for both of us. And as you pointed out, that game was it for for both of us. Uh, if I win the game, I win the week. Uh, you won the game, so you won the week. Yeah, I agree that that was a one-play-away game. And at the end of it, the Jets had two chances. Uh, one of them, Braxton Berrios dropped the pass in the end zone, or maybe it hit the ground, and that was close. I mean, this was a hold-your-breath type of game, and it was drama at its best. It's the reason we all love watching football. It's the reason why you call it a sweat when you're betting football. Uh, this game built up to the hype, and one of us had to lose, although I guess we could have pushed, but uh, this was a good outcome for me, and thankfully, uh, you know, allowed me to, to win the week. Yeah, I mean, it allowed you to put $840 in your bank, so that definitely helped catapult you to another cash. Um, unfortunately for me, it was not my only loss. I had two more. Uh, my big bet of the week is I had Tennessee plus five and a half over uh, the Eagles. I had 440 to win 400. This game was just a massive miss for me. I mean, I thought Derrick Henry would bounce back from the week before. He didn't. He had 30 yards rushing. I thought the Titans offensive line would dominate the Eagles. They didn't. The Eagles had six sacks. I thought the, the, the Titans defensive line were, you know, would stuff the Eagles running game. Now, they actually did, but it doesn't matter when you give up 380 
passing yards to Jalen Hurts. Um, I think you pointed out that it was going to be a revenge game for A.J. Brown. It was. He had two touchdowns. How bad was this loss for the Titans? So bad they fired their general manager. That's how bad it was. They were never in it. The only solace I can take is that I wasn't alone. There were a lot of people on this game. We were all wrong. I don't know what's going on with the Titans. Well, you know how you just said one play away? I think in this instance, you're you're one week away. I think everything you said about the Titans is going to hold true this week when they play against the Jaguars. And I think they're going to win this week. I think they've lost two games in a row. Yes, they just fired their GM. This is a bounce back space for them. So I'm not on them this week, but I'd look for them to to handle their business against Jacksonville. Yeah, an interesting thing about that game is uh, Trevor Lawrence might not be at full strength. He got a little injured last week. So you may uh, be talking about the Titans at the right time, but I certainly picked them at the wrong time. Uh, And then finally, my third game, my third loss, is I had the Chiefs minus two and a half over Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Yes, I did go against rule 1A, and it did bite me in the ass. And this was another game where things really could have gone either way. Kansas City's up 24-17 at the end of the third quarter. They're driving in the fourth quarter. Travis Kelsey has a big chunk play. They strip the ball from him. Uh, They lose the ball. The Bengals recover. And then all of a sudden, Cincinnati comes back with 10 unanswered points, and it really even wasn't over till the very end. The Chiefs had the ball uh, in, in Cincinnati territory, they take a sack on the on the last play, which sort of pushes them back from a 50-yard field goal to a 55-yard p- field goal, with, which Butker misses. So there's no overtime. They don't cover. Just one of those games where I actually think that the Chiefs are still the better team. I really do. I know the Bengals have won four in a row. Burrow is playing better, but I, it was just, you know, a, a sweat for me on this one. And unfortunately, I came out on the wrong side of it. I know we talk every week about these rules or these lessons that I try to put in place, and and they're they're loose. I mean, let's be honest; they're just kind of guidelines to follow. But I, they're for both of us, dude. You can you can partake in them too. I mean, just because I'm betting, I'm not betting against the home underdogs. You should probably think about it too. I called this for you right when you said it. I just I never feel good about it. And as good as it looks, as appetizing as it is. The results are just not yielding in the favor. I think home dogs are coming in at like a 56% clip or something like that. So, yeah, there are times when it when it's worth it. You know, maybe when one of the teams is just so far outclassed, like the LA Rams might be. But when it's two good playoff contending teams, um, I think that's a tough one. And so I told you last week I didn't like that bad, and I guess uh, I guess I was cracked. Your first words after I made the bet were, I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you you look at the lines kind of independently. Yes, we know how things have been trending. I liked Kansas City coming into that game. I thought that they would really want to, you know, rub it in Cincinnati's face. You know, as somebody pointed out on an article I read, the Bengals have now beaten the Chiefs the last three times, all in the same calendar year. So the third game uh, was in early January and they just have their number right now. And I still think the chiefs are a better team, but I didn't win the bet. I didn't win any bet. Uh, I was over. It happens. I'm going to be turning my attention to week 14, but miles, you had a few more bets. 
last week. How did those come in? I did. I ended up having more bets than usual, picking four teams instead of three. But before I get into them, let's look at our listeners and see how they did. Let's do that. Week 13 was another tough week on our listeners. Uh, Donnie Wheels, he came so close to hitting another major parlay. He had three out of the four legs right. And if Tampa Bay would have covered, he would have had another huge, huge win. How did Tampa Bay win that game? How did they win that game? That was a gift. That was like a retirement gift to Tom Brady from the from the Saints. That should have never happened. But yeah, uh, yeah, that was brutal. Um, as it is for Don, though, he only had one winner. He picked a Detroit game, which I also did. So good for you, Donnie. Uh, I was a big fan of that pick. RJ, he got shut out again this week, and Bill Kuklanis, he got shut out again this week. Missed it by that much. RJ, Bill, I feel your pain. I'm right with you in solidarity, brothers. Well, you don't know the half of it. Both these guys seem to be tailing your bets, David. I mean, they were on the Jets. They were on the Titans. They were on the Chiefs. I mean, listen, guys, we love that you're listening to the show and that you even follow David's advice here, but maybe you want, <laughs> maybe you want to try listening to Uncle Miles. I think I'm going to try listening to Uncle Miles. Miles, I'm just taking your bets this week. That's that's all I'm doing. I'm just going to say ditto. My analysis is ditto. How about that? Anyway, uh, listeners, don't forget you too can make your picks with us each week by going to at Podcast on Twitter. Absolutely. We want to see you there. So I'll talk about the remainder of my bets, which were a mixed bag. Um, the first one was Miami plus four against the 49ers. And David... If I told you that Miami would score a touchdown on the first play from scrimmage and that Jimmy Garoppolo would get knocked out of the game early in the first half, you'd probably think that Miami plus four was a sure thing, wouldn't you? I would, except for one thing. We have talked a little bit about the fact that the 49ers are one of the rare teams in the NFL that doesn't require a great quarterback unlike the Miami Dolphins. So yeah, things started off well for you, but it did not unfold in a positive way. Well, actually the game started out while the Minnesota Jets game was finishing, so I didn't even see the first score of the game. And by the time Garoppolo got hurt, I was struggling to figure out who the backup quarterback was. Well, it was Brock Purdy, okay? With his purdy little mouth and his purdy little smile, That deliverance country hillbilly made the Dolphins squeal like a pig. Finally, uh, the 49ers decided to use Christian McCaffrey as their featured running back, and I think that might have been part of the difference here. Definitely. And and the 49er defense, they really stepped up their game. They caused interceptions. They caused fumbles. They caused sacks. You name it. This game was actually closer than the final score it's just that the 49ers ran up the score with like a fumble return for a touchdown in the fourth quarter yeah uh this game was set up nicely for the dolphins they just didn't execute i think waddle got dinged up i think tua got dinged up but the learning here is that the 49ers have an offensive system where like you said virtually anyone can plug in at quarterback 
and they're a defensive juggernaut that I expect to be a force come playoff time. Well, Brock Purdy did throw two Purdy-looking touchdowns, so you got to give him credit for that. And I think you missed the first score from the Dolphins because I think it was the first play of the game. I think they had a 75-yard touchdown on the first play of the game. Yeah, it's just tough for Miami to come all the way across country and play a team with a tough defense like the 49ers on the road. And, you know, Another thing that we've talked about in the past is sometimes when a quarterback comes off the bench and you're not ready for him, it just throws the the defense off on the other side. So the Dolphins, you know, obviously practiced all week planning on Jimmy G. All of a sudden they're facing somebody else. You know, you're an NFL quarterback. Purdy is efficient enough to move the ball and throw a couple touchdowns and they do what they need to do to win, which is how the 49ers, you know, win in this league. I actually like his game, or I, I liked his game when he played for Iowa State. I mean, I've, I followed his, his college career some. He's he's a good backup, and I think he's a rookie, actually. So I think we might actually hear more about him. And I think athletes with the first name Brock, it's like if you name your kid Brock, I think they're destined to be an athlete. I just think that's a truism. Although he was Mr. Irrelevant, so... Athletes named Brock aren't usually Mr. Irrelevant, but he was the last pick in the draft. And uh, he comes out and shows people that he is not irrelevant at all. Well, let me get to the good news. And that was the next game that I picked, which was Detroit plus one over Jacksonville. And that was for $120 to win 109. Now, when I made the pick, you know, Detroit was a home dog. So I did my lesson one and lesson one a bet and... To remind, lesson one, stop betting against the home underdogs. And lesson 1A, trust this and start betting on the home underdogs. So I did. Uh, however, the line shifted during the week, and Detroit ended up being a home favorite. So I don't know if their win gets classified as a home dog or a home favorite, but I do know that they won big. And... I mentioned at the last podcast, the Lions are playing really well. They put together a three-game winning streak. Uh, Thanksgiving, they looked great. They they should have won, but they lost, but they covered, and it felt like a win. So that's like four in a row, and now this. So this game was never really in question. Uh, and at some point, I think Trevor Lawrence got injured, and there was a C.J. Beathard sighting. Yeah, there was. And, you know, I'm I'm a fan of the Lions. I, I've, you know, been following, obviously, since uh, Hard Knocks. And I'm a Dan Campbell fan. And this is the game where they finally put it all together. And it was really kind of fun to see. They never punted in the game. You know, Jared Goff had a great game. Amon, Saint, Amon Ross St. Brown had a big game. Is this the game that really catapults them into a strong end of the season? We'll see. Let me say this. I mean, yes, Goff had 340 passing yards. DJ Chark got involved in the offense for the first time, and he had a big game. And this was the first game that they got their rookie receiver out of Alabama, Jamison Williams, back, and he didn't even have a catch yet. So once he gets integrated into that offense, I really think the Lions are going to be an exciting team to watch. So look out for them. And, in fact, they're favorites this week against Minnesota. So uh, the secret might be out. Well, I hope you're right because I am on that game and we'll talk about that in just a minute. All right. So my last bet was the Colts plus 11 uh, over Dallas, and that was 110 to win 100. <sighs> These goddamn Colts. I haven't hit with them yet this year. I mean, this game was close for three quarters, okay? It was 21 to 19 after the Colts missed their two-point conversion to tie the game, but you know, 11 points, one quarter to play? What could possibly go wrong? Well, 
Dallas kicked it into a gear that I've never seen before out of them. I mean, if they're capable of playing like they did in the fourth quarter, then the NFC is totally up for grabs. He scored 33 points in the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, 33 points. But for the Lions and the Eagles last week, the Cowboys scored as much or more in the fourth quarter than every other NFL team did total. They scored more than Nick Cannon and Sean Kemp at a key party. <laughs> nice. We're talking yeah. Will Chamberlain territory here. Yeah, let's put that in perspective a little bit. Only three other teams in history have scored, you know, 33 points in a quarter. And yes, they played well, but Matt Ryan had two interceptions and he lost a fumble in one quarter. And, you know, he's been very proficient at giving the ball away this year. So, yes, they really, you know, destroyed them in the fourth quarter, but the Colts really, you know, gave it away as well. The Colts have been my nemesis, and to be honest, I'm going to think twice about betting against the Cowboys, because the Cowboys have lit me up this year when they played the Bengals, when they played the Vikings, and now the Colts, so I can't get them right either. They're my kryptonite. It's like you betting the Las Vegas Raiders. I need to really think about making a rule to stop betting against the Cowboys in year 2022. Yeah, I think you should only bet the Raiders from now on, just to try to let me back in the in, in the competition here. <laughs> well, speaking of competition, that is 11 out of 13 NFL weeks when I'm cash positive, and that's the last 10 in a row. So I'm up about two grand this year, and I'm really happy with these numbers. This week, I, you know, was I think 1069 is what I ended up making, which, you know, is Better than losing. So uh, I love what we're doing here. And, and hopefully, you know, things are going to get tougher as the as the weeks go on. You know, we're going to be dealing with uh, teams that are out of it. We're going to be dealing with more injuries. You know, we're going to be dealing with all kinds of stuff. So uh, I don't know. It's uh, thankfully this week looks still competitive to me. Oh, great. I'm coming off of a winless week and you're saying things are going to get tougher. That's just fantastic news for me. After 13 weeks, Miles has won eight weeks. I have won five. And as Miles said, he's up almost two grand, 14,875 in his bank. I have just over 10,000. And here is where we turn our attention to week 14. And let me remind everybody the way the Wanna Bet podcast works is that every week, Miles and I put a new $1,000 in our bank. We have to make at least three bets. And each bet has to be a minimum of $100. And we also didn't talk about the fact that you enjoyed a very delicious dim sum lunch uh, for winning this week, uh, which was quite a treat. We stayed out in our neck of the woods, but we had uh, quite a meal, didn't we? Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed it. I love uh, dim sum more than just about anything. In fact, I'm wearing a t-shirt under this that says, I'm all that and dim sum. Um we still have to do uh, the heavy-handed burger. That's also on our list. I know we, we're a little backed up on our on our food bets. What what do we do this week? Do you just want to pause the week and catch up? And- well, let's do heavy-handed this week. Let's just switch them. Yeah, we just weren't able to do it. Uh, we we made some uh, uh, last-minute uh, switching around in our in our food bets, but uh, let's do that. All right. So it's Thursday, uh, which is a little bit later than we usually record, which is interesting because more information came in, which is great to know. Why don't you start us off? What uh, What's your first pick for week 14? 
Yeah, so my first bet is I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks at home minus three and a half against Carolina. I'm betting 440 to win 400. I think Seattle's going to cover at home. Um, You know, this line moved to four. I've even seen it at four and a half at some places, but um, I got it at three and a half, and I'm definitely going to take that three and a half. I don't think the Seahawks are getting the respect they deserve, and I certainly don't think the Panthers scare anybody on the road. They have yet to win a road game all year. And why? Because they're trotting out a revolving door of quarterbacks that feature P.J. Walker and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. This is not exactly a Hall of Fame lineup. In fact, they cut Baker Mayfield. I'm not really sure why they cut Baker Mayfield because Sam Darnold threw for 164 yards last week against the Broncos. That's not exactly, you know, lighting it up. But Darnold has the starting job. They fired their coach this year in the middle of the season. They traded away Christian McCaffrey. So now their offensive pieces are Donta Foreman, Chuba Hover, DJ Moore. They are just not going to travel 3,000 miles across the country and dominate a Seahawks defense. Seattle's 5-2 and two in their last seven games. They're battling for a playoff spot in the NFC. Geno Smith is the number seven ranked quarterback in the league. He's got Tyler Lockett. He's got DK Metcalf. He's got Kenneth Walker. I really love this bet. I'm taking the Seahawks to cover. You know that I'm a fan of the Seahawks probably about as much as Bill Murray was a fan of Mrs. Crane and Caddyshack. Oh, Mrs. Crane. (laughs) I looked at this game. I thought about it, too. There were a couple of information points, though, why I decided to lay off of it. One of which was just having watched them play the Rams and not really dominate that game. That game was a lot closer than it should have been. I don't know why. Because uh, the Rams don't have any skill players. So sounds a lot like Carolina. And then secondly, I went back through my betting history this year and started looking at you know teams where I'm doing well, teams where I'm not doing well. And I, I have done well with Seattle, but I have not done well with Carolina. I think there was one time where I picked them when they were like an 11-point underdog and they just traded away Christian McCaffrey and that one came in. But they've also crushed a couple of my bets. So I don't have a good feel for Carolina. I just never know which team is going to show up. So while it was on my short list, and I think that you should win that bet, uh, I decided to stay off of it. But uh, you'll see what happens. Well, hopefully it's the crappy Carolina Panthers team that shows up. That's what I need. And I think Baker Mayfield uh, asked to be cut. I think he wanted a chance to try to get picked up by one of the West Coast teams that needed a quarterback. And people were talking about the 49ers getting him now that uh, Garoppolo is injured, but it, it he fell to uh, to the Rams, which we'll see tonight if he actually gets in the game. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what he does for the Rams. Well, my first pick and my big bet this week is the New York Jets plus 10 against the Bills. Now, wait a minute. Didn't the Jets already play the Bills this year and the spread was at 13? Yes, I believe they did. And I believe I took the Jets. And do you recall what happened in that game? Yes. Uh, they, they won outright. That was that was what invoked Rule 1C of uh, if it's a 10-point uh, spread, you have to take them on the money line. Exactly. I believe the Jets won outright, leaving open the question, how good are the Bills? A question that's 
been amplified, if you ask me, since the Bills lost to the Vikings on that freak goal line fumble and almost lost to the Lions on Thanksgiving. I still like the Bills. I think they're the top of the AFC. But in this divisional rivalry where the Jets are in the playoff hunt, this game feels like a playoff atmosphere. And 10 points seems like too many to give this quality Jets team. Maybe the Bills want payback for the earlier loss. Fine. But I've been watching the Jets a lot this year, even when I'm not betting on them. Um, and and I, I bet on the totals. Like I had them uh, on the under when they played the, the Bears. I you know I just watched them last week when they played the Vikings. They are a good team. They're fighters. They are in a lot of games. And but for some early season growing pains, they have not recently lost a game by more than one score. You were right. Last week, uh, Mike White proved he's more than just a one-hit wonder. He threw for over 300 yards for the second consecutive time. We know the Jets' defense is solid. They're like fourth in total yards allowed. And remember, they've already faced the Bills once, and they handled them. So I'm not necessarily expecting a New York Jets win here, although it wouldn't surprise me. Um, But I am expecting a tight game where the Jets should cover with the 10. Mike White, baby. Mike White, he's the real deal. A couple things about this game uh, that you may not love. Uh, I did a little digging, and the Jets are 7-5 and five this year. In their seven wins, they covered all seven of those games. In their five losses, they did not cover in any of those five losses. Also, Buffalo has a little bit of a mini-buy. They played the Thursday night game, so they have had a couple of extra days to prepare. But we'll see. It's it's a lot of points to give the Jets. I agree. Wouldn't be surprised at all if you win this bet. Yeah, no interesting facts. Um, you know, I, I've noticed this year, I've heard people talk about, oh, revenge games. And sometimes I think that works for players. Although when we came out of the box in week one, there was like, oh, Russell Wilson's playing against Seattle. And, you know, there are a couple more maybe quarterback revenge games. And I think last week it was, oh, Deshaun Watson's playing against the, the Texans. I don't think these revenge games mean a lot. Yes, A.J. Brown had a nice big game, but for the most part, I'm not looking for the Bills to avenge an earlier week loss to the point where they're going to try to you know, prove something. They may very well win, but I just think a divisional game like this is going to be close. Well, it's easy for us to say revenge game for a quarterback, but there's so many other factors that go into a game. You know, Russell Wilson's playing with a new team, offensive linemen get hurt. That's really impacts, you know, their ability to drop back and pass. So, yeah, we can say that. But like you said, there's so many things going on that, you know, f- you know factor into the results. All right. So that's your first bet. And I will move on to my second bet. I am taking kind of an interesting bet. I am taking the Broncos Chiefs under, which is now 44 points, actually gone up a little bit. 330 uh, is my bet to win $300. Now you don't often hear the Chiefs associated with an under bet. The Chiefs also screwed me last week, but I don't care. I really like this bet. Um, why? Well, for one thing, as crappy as the Broncos have been on offense this year, they have been really good on defense. They're the number two defense in the league, specifically the number two scoring defense. They've only given up three passing touchdowns in the red zone all year. Now they have only played, the Broncos have only played one game this year that had more than 38 points scored in it. 
They have only played one game where they gave up more than 23 points. And both of those were the same game in week four against the Raiders. So they have just played in some offensive dogs. And on the uh, offensive side, they're not good. They're a dumpster fire. They average 13.8 per game, you know, scoring. That's the worst in the league. They've been held to 10 points or less in seven of their games. And this is a tough division rivalry. Denver is a brutal place to play. It's at altitude, as you know. Uh, The Chiefs are playing in their second tough road game in a row. Now, the spread on the game is nine and a half. Uh, You know, I actually think the Broncos are going to cover the spread. I think they're going to lose. I think this game is going to be like 17 to 10. And I like the under here. If you've been betting the Denver unders this year, you've made a lot of money. Absolutely. every, Every game is coming in as an under. And you're right about KC. It, it seems, you know, like a contradiction to try to bet the under in a game that they're in. But I remember betting the over when they were playing Buffalo, and that one never came close. So, you know, Kansas City can score, but they can also be held back. And the Denver defense is really one of the stronger defenses in the league. Now, it's unfortunate they have absolutely no offense, and the defense ends up playing about 45 out of the 60 minutes. But I think this is a decent bet for you. And it's interesting that the line's moved and uh, you're getting it at a, at a much better price. Yeah. I mean, the final score could be 30 to 10 Kansas City and I would still win the bet. I think it's, you know, kind of a high number for an under. And again, you know, I don't know enough stock is being paid to the fact that Kansas City, you know, to play your second tough road game in a row in Denver is a tough task. And I think that is going to tire them out as well. And You know, I think uh, everything lines up for a relatively low scoring game. Well, my second bet is also an under. I picked the Monday night under, and that was Arizona and the Patriots. And I got that at under 45. I will say that line since moved to 43 and a half. So I like under 45 more than 43 and a half. It seems like the points are going in my favor. And one reason I picked this game is the trend that I've noticed this year, and that's that unders are coming in a lot greater than overs. It's something, again, like 56% to 44%. So there seems to be an advantage in betting the unders. Now, 45, when I got it, that was kind of on the high side this week. I mean, there's not that many games that are that are set higher than that. And New England, they're a team that runs the ball a lot. So you know, the clock's going to be moving and they've been running so much. Mac Jones is like mouthing off to the coaching staff about it. So <laughs> I don't think Mac uh, has the influence to change Belichick's mind, but uh, I expect to be a lot more running, which means a lot more running clock. And now the Cardinals, yeah, they're coming off their bye week. So they're rested, which is good for Kyler Murray. Cause I think he was nursing a hamstring, but they're still generally a team that's slow to start. Right, I think you had pointed out one podcast that they rarely score in the first quarter and certainly never in their first possession. So if they've got problems scoring early, uh, they probably have problems scoring, period, is my feel. So I think that with the Patriots defense, which is good, they're basically hovering around 7-10 to 10 in all the categories. Uh, they just held the Bills, who are an offensive juggernaut, to 24 points. Cardinals are not quite as explosive as the Bills. So for this game, I'm looking at the Cardinals, which is a bad offense and a mediocre defense, playing against the Patriots, who are a bad offense and a good defense. 
And that recipe just spells under to me, at least at 45. I don't know if the number keeps going down. You know, all bets are off. Yeah, not only are the Cardinals a slow starting team, they're terrible at home. They've lost the last three in Arizona. Um, now, here's a weird fact, though. The, the total has gone over in their last six games. So I don't know if that scares you at all. Um, you know, going back to Mac Jones, I, I think the question is, which Mac Jones shows up? That guy has just been such a Jekyll and Hyde performer uh, this year. He has not thrown an interception in his last three games, which is good. But by doing that, it's allowed his touchdowns to catch up to his interceptions. That's how bad he was in the beginning of the year. I I don't know. I don't have a feeling at all on this game. You know, um, New England's lost two in a row. They did score 26 points on the road in Minnesota. I'm glad you have a feeling on this game. I do not at all. Well, I basically hovered between making this my 330 to win 300 bet or making it my low bet, but I'm sticking with the 330 to win 300. I know that there's talk that New England has a rough go when they play against running quarterbacks, but Kyler Murray is a running quarterback, but I don't feel like he's necessarily exercised that every game. I feel like he's been held back a little bit. Like I said, he was nursing a hamstring. He's certainly capable of going off, but I think he's trying more and more to be a pocket passer. And since he has his receiving core back, that's what I'm looking to happen. But we'll see. I think that New England always has a great scheming defense, and I'm looking for them to keep this one low. Yeah, something's been off with Kyler Murray all year. He's just not been explosive, even when he has run the ball. Uh, who knows if that hamstring injury has been, you know, been there longer and lingering, you know, worse than he's let on because he's just not putting up the plays and the stats that we're accustomed to, and you may uh, get the benefit of that. Well, speaking of overs not coming in, I'm taking an over in my last bet. Um, uh, and we've talked about both of these teams already. I'm taking the Minnesota-Detroit over, uh, which is 51 and a half right now, and I'm betting 230 to win 209. And yes, this is a big over, but these are two of the worst defenses in the league. We talked a little bit about the Vikings-Jets game last week. We didn't talk specifically about the fact that the Vikings let the Jets drive into the red zone on all six of their second half possessions. The Jets only managed three field goals and a touchdown. One drive ended on downs. The other was an interception at the end of the game. Uh, I think the, you know, the Vikings did get lucky and I don't think they're going to be as lucky in the red zone with the lions because guess who leads the NFL in red zone touchdown efficiency. You get one guess You are correct. It is the Detroit Lions. When they get in the red zone, they score a touchdown about 75% of the time. And they, they're, you know, they kick field goals rarely. They are one of the bottom five in general in terms of kicking field goals. So they go for it on fourth down. They score touchdowns. Now their defense, the Lions defense is playing better, but they still give up six and a half yards to play. You know, eight Lions games have gone over 50 points this year. A ninth ended at 49 points, and we have not talked about the most important thing for a Vikings game. It's a one o'clock Eastern game. It's not prime time. Kirk Cousins sphincter isn't going to tighten up. He's not going to feel the pressure. And the key to stopping Kirk Cousins is to get to the quarterback, and the Lions are not good at getting to the quarterback. They're one of the worst teams in the league in sacks. That's why they give up a lot of points. 
as we know, Vikings have a ton of weapons. Cook, Thielen, Jefferson, they're going to go crazy. Um, and Ross St. Brown, the new receiver for the Lions that you talked about. There's a lot of weapons on both sides. There's bad defense on both sides. This is going to be a high-scoring affair. I like the over. I like the game itself. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, I mentioned earlier Detroit is actually a favorite, which is weird because Minnesota's record is so much better than Detroit's, and Minnesota has such a great body of work. But people are onto the Lions. They're not, you know, the the bottom dweller of the NFC North anymore. Uh, thankfully, the Bears are there for that. And I think um, they're also on to the Vikings' leaky defense, as you called it, playing a strong offense. And uh, those two factors are are going to come into play in this game. Yeah, I kind of I kind of like your bet to be honest. I think it's going to be uh, an exciting game. I wouldn't even know who to pick. I think Minnesota's coming in saying, "What you're really making us underdogs? We're going to show you." And I think Detroit's going to be all about spreading the ball around, and and everyone's going to get touches. I mean. I think Jamal Williams is still the touchdown leader in in the in the league this year. So, they're getting they're getting a lot of points. So, good for the good for the Lions. Well, I hope so. So, my last bet is the Cincinnati Bengals minus 5 and a half against the Cleveland Browns, and that's my $230 to win 209 bet. I've finally seen enough Cincinnati games to feel like they're back and they're ready to make noise in the playoffs this year. They had a really slow start, and at times they looked offensively challenged. I watched them lose to Dallas early and Pittsburgh early, and then inexplicably they lost to the Browns last time they played by a lot of points. Is this a payback game? I I don't know. I don't again, I'm not subscribing much there. They haven't worked out this year. Uh but trends are trends, and Deshaun Watson is the quarterback for the Browns this time. And while they were able to handle the mighty last-place Texans last week, they didn't score an offensive touchdown. Their scores were on a punt return and on defensive. So I think Watson's basically learning to play quarterback again, and he's already been announced as a starter for this week. So compare that to the Bengals who were a home dog last week against Kansas city. And you know what happened, you know, the Bengals just elevate their game and they beat their rival yet again. And I think the Bengals are firing on all their cylinders. You got Jamar chase back and he adds just a whole new dimension to that offense. Whether you have Mixon at running back or Perrine at running back, it doesn't matter much. They're the same type of back. I don't love the five and a half points, but I think it's a good spot for the Bengals to feast. Okay. The Browns have won two in a row. The Bengals have won four in a row. Someone's streak's going to end. And I fear it's going to be that of the mistake by the lake, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I don't have too much to add to that analysis. It is kind of funny uh, that six weeks ago, these two teams played each other and that game was not close. It was 32-13. I mean, the Browns really took it to uh, the Bengals. Jacoby Brissett played well in that game. Chubb had two touchdowns. Amari Cooper had a huge game, but it does feel uh, like these are two different teams right now. I will say that the Browns sacked Joe Burrow five times in that game. If they can continue to get to him, uh, you may have a little trouble with your bet. And then Deshaun Watson is a complete wild card. Was he just rusty coming off of that game? He was not good at all. Or is he really out of shape and it's been so long since he played 
that he's several weeks or the rest of the season from getting back, you know, uh, to the level that we're accustomed to seeing him playing. I don't have any feeling for the Browns on offense. The Bengals on offense and as a whole are clearly trending upward. They're playing well. They're coming in with confidence. They're playing at home. So who knows what's going to happen. But it does feel like two completely different teams on both sides from six weeks ago, which is kind of funny. Yeah, maybe Deshaun Watson needs a massage is what it is. I don't know. I don't know the last time he got one of those. Will you happen to know? Well, I hope it's a happy ending for the Bengals. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. Uh, I feel like I read that he hasn't played in like 700 days. I think it's just too much. It's 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 relearning the game, the offense, the speed, all of it. And I think trying to do that against a Cincinnati Bengals team, which is coming in hot, is going to be a tall order. So I like this bet. Again, I thought about making this my second bet, but we're making it the third and we'll we'll see what happens. I think you're right. I think the speed of the game in particular, because you cannot practice for the speed of a real game. You know, no matter what you do, it's never going to be that fast. The decisions have to be made that quickly, and it takes some time to get back into that mode. Well, we will see. This is why we do it every week. We got a lot of fun games coming down. I'm excited for the Raiders Rams game tonight. I think that'll be interesting. One of these, one of these weeks, Miles, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go uh, undefeated. I have no doubt. No, you will. You're, you're gonna get there. We're certainly going to have some good stuff to watch. I'm happy. Let's uh, keep these streaks going, and uh, we'll look out for you guys next week. In the meantime, do you want to say, love your buddy Larry. Everybody, thanks for listening. We love it when you comment, when you give us your feedback. As Miles said, go to Wannabet Podcast on Twitter. Give us your picks. Let us know how we're doing. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Take care, everybody. Peace out. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.